Week one, it's time for you to get a move on it. Remember? Who did that? Do it louder. <laughs> do, do it louder. <laughs> Sometimes, some of you need a beep, beep. Some of you need a... Uh, don't let things of 2022 and previous years stop you from what God's called you to do this year. Week two, we talked on it's time to walk in joy. Joy is not a temporary feeling. It's a choice that you make. You can have pain going on in your life and still have joy knowing there is greater purpose in the pain than what you see. Just ask Jesus. Okay. Week three, it's time to give your time to Jesus. Make Jesus time a priority time. Don't schedule your events and then put God time around it. You schedule your God time and then everything else goes around that. In week four, last week, we talked on it's time to trust the word of God. If you're going to have the best version of yourself in 2023, you're going to have to trust that the word of God is true. And you combine the truth of the word with your faith, you can have everything that the word of God promises to you. We said probably my favorite line of last week, my faith releases the power of God's word in my life. My faith releases the power of God's word in my life. Let me back that up by what's in your notes. Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Is my faith good enough for you? No. It's your faith. It is what you combine with what you know the truth of the word with your faith let it be done unto you. Today is week five of its time. If you're going to trust the word of God as we talked about last week, one of the verses I want to use to tie in last week and today is in your outline, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 as Kern reads this. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. If you are a believer, the word is working in you. There used to be a song called, the word is working mightily. In we should do that song. Okay. Um, what does that process look like? If the word of God is working in you, what does that process look like? What happens if the word is genuinely, truly working in us? And today, I want to go through what that process looks like. Do we have have any carpenters in the room? Any build? Anybody like to build? Any car? Anybody good with your hands other than other than Sternberg? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I was talking. I'm not going to use you because I already know you. I was. Everybody knows you're good. I was talking to Janet the other day. Get this one. She's going to give you a run for your money. She built all the kitchen cabinets in her house, and all the doors open and close. And they actually have doors on them. Did you get that fixed yet? Oh, okay. Well, we're good. No, no, no. <laughs> you might need to call Janet because Janet can build those things for you and get that project finished up for you. It's pretty impressive. That, how many of you can build a whole kitchen cabinet? Exactly. That's impressive, Janet. She's a carpenter. I learned about carpentry from my mom's dad. My, we call him Papa. Um, we were building a deck one day out at his house, and he measured it. He cut the board. He had me nail it down, and the board was about three-quarter inch too short. And I said, Papa, this doesn't fit. And he said, that's close enough. I can caulk it. It'll look perfect. <laughs> I said, that's a big guy. He said, I got you. Don't worry about it. 
cock can cover that, it'll look good. How many of you know in here you can put a little cock in silicone, you can cover up a lot of mistakes? Yeah, that's my type of building. We don't need exact measurements. Just get close enough and, and you'll be good. Uh, I own a, a restoration company and um, every week we're tearing out people's houses. That's just what we do. Um, Excuse the way I say this, I find great joy in someone else being in turmoil because they've got water all over the place. And I'm like, yay, this is so fun. Like, they're, like, not happy with me because they're losing all their most valuable, precious moments, memories, all this stuff because water damaging and ruining it. I'm looking at it as, but do you know what I'm going to make your house look like after we're done? I can see beyond the temporary problem because I've done it so much, I know what I'm looking at. So what happens is, if your house floods, call me. I'll make it better. <laughs> Side note. But what happens is, whenever you know what the outcome is going to be, I can go into somebody else's problem and it doesn't bother me. Because I understand, give me a couple of weeks with this, I'm going to have all these floors ripped out, I'm going to have all this sheetrock ripped out, I'm going to have all this tile ripped out, all your appliances, all this stuff's going to be gone. And I'm going to build back better. I'm going to put stuff in there that you didn't dream you could afford. Because you have been limited by where you're at. You don't understand what somebody else can do for you when insurance is paying. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you can, you'll, you'll get that if your house floods. Um, but, but today, I want to take you on a little before and after journey. And, and we all know what that looks like. Uh, anybody uh, HGTV, like Chip and Joanna Gaines, are they still on? Are you fans of them? Like they always show you like the before and they go through it all and they show you the after and everyone's like, oh, it's so wonderful. And they get this big, uh, kind of like a, it's like a board screen type thing. And they show you on the screen what the picture of the house looked like before someone who knew what they were doing got it. And then they reveal it back and it's like, oh, that is so great. There's this before and after. And, and every one of us loves the before and after. It, it, it's, just, it's just a really cool process. It's a really cool thing to see. Uh, if you're really big into fitness, what do they show you whenever you go to the gym? What you can look like if you stay with it. They don't show you what you look like. They show you the after if you stay with it. There's a reason why some of us, no, 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 okay. So there is a before and after that we can partake of, but in order to get to the after, we have to go through the process. We can't just wake up and say, I've got abs today. You may have them, but they're way far in there like mine. If you want those things to be seen, there's a process that you have to go through. Uh, the fitness people, they keep those pictures in front of you as a constant reminder. If you keep pushing at it, you're going to get this. Just keep pushing at it. Remember before you were married? A little bit different than after you're married, huh? I'm not going to go down all the roads, but um, before you're married, you go on a date. You got reservations ready, you dress all nice, you put some smell good on, and everything's going good, and then after you're married, what do you do? You're wearing the same clothes you wore all morning, you go into the car, and when you get in the car, where are we going? You didn't make reservations, you didn't even put cologne on, oh, you didn't do anything different. You've been there, huh? I'm not going to rat you out, man, that's your wife, Sorry. 
before you're married, you go and you open the car door, and whenever she walks by, you kind of give her that wink and nod, like you're looking fine, you're going through. And then after you get married, it's cold outside, what are you doing? First one to the door gets inside, you shut the door, and you lock the other person out <laughs> because it's cold outside, and you start driving down the road a little bit to watch her come after you. <laughs> no, just me? Okay, sorry. All right. So before you're married, you, you, you can't get through a movie because you kind of got your hands on each other, and you like being around each other. After you're married, you don't finish the movie either, but it's because you both fell asleep. <laughs> Before and after change things, if you like it or not, it's going to change. Before you're married, your girlfriend's all interested in your home repair project, and you, she gives you the screwdriver, and you're showing her how to use it. And then after you're married, you show her where she can stick it. <laughs> the before... And after creates change. Before God, you're one way. After God, you're a different way. If you're before God and you're after God looks the same, we might have a problem. Your before God should look different than what your after God looks like. There, there are a lot of similarities, and the problem is we have to ask ourselves, in different areas of our life, does that particular area look like our before God or after God? In your marriage, before God or after God? In your relationship, before God or after God? In your speech, before God or after God? In your attitude, before God or after God? We've got to examine the different areas of our life and say, what was this like before God and what it is like, what it is. What is it like after God? Let's look in our outline in 2 Corinthians as Kern reads this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In other words, you are made new whenever you are made in Christ. So your new and your old, your before and your after are going to be different. But there is a process that we've got to grow through and that is what we're going to talk about today. If you're going to have the best version of yourself in 2023, I want to submit to you this morning that every one of us have to go through this process. Not just me, not just your neighbor, not just your spouse. Every one of us have to go through this process. Are you ready for it? Again, we're looking at before and after. Before and after. Everyone say before, before. and after. before. All right, four stages of growth that we've got to go through. Let's uh, write this down in your outline. Number one, it's going to be on the screens behind me. If we're going to have a before God and after God, we have to, number one, allow God to fix me. There are things in your life that are broken. Could be a relationship. Could be a family member could be a co-worker relationship, could be an act. it could be a myriad of things. You see this piece of trim right here? This piece of trim is what? It's broken. It's been banged up, it's been marred up, it's been messed up, it's all dented up. This piece of trim cannot do what it's designed to do because it has been through something and it got broken. Some of you I'll even say us, I'm included in that, are broken in different areas. But you have to ask God to fix you. 
you have past wounds, past hurts, things that you've been holding on to, things that you've been bitter towards some of your friends, bitter towards some of your peoples, bitter towards some of your coworkers, maybe bitter towards family members. We have broken relationships that are full of pain, guilt, shame. And, and, and here's the thing with this. I can take this piece of trim. You know where everyone over trim goes in your house? Okay. I can take this piece of trim and I can install it. It's functional. But it's not fixed. It looks pretty bad. Can you see? It looks pretty bad. You can try to paint this. And paint won't cover up all the gouges. Paint can't fix the crack. I accidentally broke this, and I put glue in there. I taped the back of it. I put glue in there to see if I could get rid of the crack, and I couldn't get rid of the crack. And so um, this, this board isn't ideal to be used. And in fact, if you saw this board at Lowe's and you went to go pick it up, who would buy this? You wouldn't buy this. Because sometimes, I'm just going to be real with you all, Sometimes, you know, trying to get a board like this fixed isn't worth it. And so you don't buy a board that's twisted and messed up. It's not worth your time. You get one that works. Let me say it this way. Many of us are functional, but we're not fixed. We are operating but we haven't allowed God to fix some things in us that will allow us to operate at a higher level. In your outline, here's a hard truth in green ink. When your wood is broken, the broken wood has limited its purpose. I don't know if you can relate that to what I'm trying to say, but whenever you're broken, you've limited your purpose. The, the, the great thing about broken wood, though, is it can be fixed. If I was willing to take the time, I can fix this. I can get some spackle. I can get some wood filler. I can get some other things, and I can fix this, and you would not even know that this board was broken. But am I willing to put the time in to make a broken board new again? I want to submit to you this morning that maybe not a board, but are you willing to put the time in in your life to fix some things that are broken? Hmm. The Bible says in Revelations 21, Look, I am making all things new. If there is something broken, Jesus is making all things things new not you but you have to ask him to come and help fix the things in your life that are broken and if you're willing to pay the price and do what it takes he will take something that is broken and make you new again if you're going to have the best version of yourself this year you've got to fix some things that are broken And don't think you're the only one that's broken. I got a bunch of these boards in my shed. You're not the only one that's broken. The second stage of growth, 
that we have to go through is I want you to write this down. Number two, we have to allow God to strip me. Allow God to strip me. Once God fixes you, there is some sanding. (laughs) There is some sanding that we have to do. There are things in your life that need to be rubbed off. Some things that that Jesus needs to strip off. Some insecurities. Some comparison. Looking at someone else's journey and where they're at in their life and wondering how come they are there and you're not and comparing why you're there and get defensive why you're there and they're not. There are some things that we have to go through where we let Jesus knock off the rough edges. (laughs) If you are analyzing someone else and defending why that person's there and you're not, you're only magnifying your insecurities. You guys will get that one when you pull out of the parking lot. Like, oh. There is always going to be someone who can do something bigger, something better. Someone who wears that shirt's going to look better on them. Someone's haircut's going to look different and better on their face structure. But I'm not here to compare my journey with someone else's. I'm not here to compare my insecurities with somebody else's. Because I need Jesus to strip off some things. I need him to sand some things off of me so that I can start the process of being made new in that area. I remember whenever I was younger, I don't really have this problem anymore, um, but I would uh, go to the golf course and I would be like, 14, 13, somewhere around that age. And Eric was the guy who was the golf pro at the, at the course that I played on. And we, I was up there like all afternoon long after school. Mom or dad would just drop me off up there and pick me up later. So like I was up there all the time. And I would sit there and if people walked by me and didn't say hi, whenever they walked by, I'm like, Eric, can you believe that person? They're a jerk. They didn't say hi to me. And then, and then the next guy walks in and he's like, man, that girl, how the heck did he get that girl? He's ugly. You don't, don't even lie to me and tell me you haven't done that. I'm not alone on this place. But I would sit there and I would judge them and judge them. And then one day it realized, or I realized it dawned on me, I'm not saying anything to them to begin with. I'm creating a false sense of impression that I have of them completely made up. How many times in your lives are you doing the same thing? You look at Instagram, you look at your friend, look at a picture they post. Oh my gosh, this, 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 this. And if you really knew what they were going through, They're no different than where you are. There's some sanding that needs to be done. When I compare myself to someone else, I said it a while ago, I'm, I'm literally just magnifying the weaknesses in my life. I can't worry about the race that they're running. I gotta run my race. And I want you to know there's no one better to run your race than you. Only you can do what God has called you to do. Only you can raise your kids. Only you can uh, witness to your coworker. Only you can be in those positions where God has called you to do. And he thought you were good enough to do it. You guys are following me. You have got to run your race with intensity and focus using your gifts, your talents, your abilities. Don't compare. Don't look at your say, and and, and how come Kern can get up there and sing so nice and I can't sing a note? 
Be glad that she can sing. Because if not, you'd have to be hearing me. So be glad that she can sing. There is always someone who can do something better. Be happy for them. Be excited for them. Push them. Motivate them. Encourage them. I want to challenge you in something. There are, I'm just being very, we're just laying it out there today, okay? There are things in your life that you thought you would be further along in. You've come to different places and say, I thought it would be different. I want to be very transparent and very real with you. I want to say it's because there's some areas that God has been trying to sand off of you that you've not allowed him. You say, God, I thought I wanted to be, or I thought I was going to be at this place at this time. And you look at it and you're like, man, I'm like five years behind where I should be. Maybe, just maybe, God's allowed you to go through some things to teach you. And some of you are a little bit harder to learn than others. Some of you just need some ultra fine sandpaper. I mean, just, you're just so close to being done. And some of you need this really rough stuff. <laughs> You got you to really get after and knock off the. No matter where you're at, allow God to sand you. Because whenever you allow God to sand you, you allow God to fix you. It says in your outline at the top of the back page, I can't get bitter. I have to get better. That statement alone is worth coming. Don't allow yourself to be compared to anybody else. I will not get bitter at what anybody says to me. What anybody thinks about me, what anybody says around me, I will allow that to allow me to get better. Because my goal is what we sang about a while ago. Give me Jesus. Number three. Does this make sense? This is kind of fun. Builder, some of you guys builder? Okay, I thought this was kind of fun. Number three. The third process that you have to go through, if you're going to trust the word and allow the word to work in you, number three, allow God to paint me. <laughs> you see the process we're going through here? We have the board, it's cracked, and you got to sand it. And then after you sand it, you got to get painted. Painted? We're good? You know what this is? Give Jesus the brush of your life. You can't paint yourself. Give it to Jesus. God's vision for you is bigger than what you can think. It's bigger than what you can dream. And if you try to do it yourself, you limit God in your life. So you've got to say, Jesus, I'm giving you the paintbrush to paint my life the way that you want me to be painted. It says... In Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. His power that is at work in us can do immeasurably more. <laughs> You've got to live with the idea that everything you do is... This is is done in the presence of God. Therefore, what you are doing, are you allowing him to stand in the same place that you are? That's, 
That's powerful. Did you get it? Or do you want me to say it again a different way? If you are standing and growing in a place where the presence of God, the holiness of God cannot be, then you've got to change you, not him. Okay, I'll let that. When God is painting you, what I really mean is you are allowing God to have complete control of your life. You allow God to have control of your purpose. Something I pray almost every week. Lord, let your will be done, not mine. Let your will be done whenever I get out of my garage and I pull the van out, when I go into people's houses, when I'm talking to different customers, when I'm talking on business, on, on business phone calls, when I'm doing it. Lord, let your will be done in this area that you may be glorified. At my house, um, about a, oh, I guess it's been about a year, two years ago now, um, I thought it'd be a great idea to repaint all of our trim. We had new trim installed like four years ago, but when you have kids <laughs> that have scooters and moped or those little bike things and they have little, the, the baseboards don't look the way they did when we put them in. And so I went and got this really fancy spray paint gun and, and I was all about it. And I went down and I sprayed all these trim pieces and, and I got done. I, I looked so good. I did good. I did good. And then it dried. I never went back and looked at it when I was spraying it. I just, things idiot proof, right? Turn the thing on, plug it in. Well, when I went back and looked at it after it dried, all that paint, apparently you can put paint on too thick, and it just went, it just drips, runs. It looks absolutely, you guys are all laughing because you've been there, you've done it. Don't act like you're all professional painters. And I just happened to paint every single thing in our house, and I had to call in a professional to come back and fix what I messed up which cost me twice as much. But here's the thing. I called on someone who knew more than I did to fix something that I didn't know how to fix. You've got to call on Jesus to fix things because you're the reason why you're in the mess to begin with. And if you weren't in that mess to begin with, you wouldn't need him to fix it. And that's why you've got to call on Jesus to fix those things because you made the mess you're in. Here's what you learn in the middle of the building process. Sometimes things don't work out. <laughs> they don't work out the way you think they're going to work out. The door doesn't fit the right way. <laughs> Done that before? Mm -hmm. You ever need doors? Norman Door, he's the guy. You order a door and they measure it and it's like, man, you're a half inch wrong. Oops. Doesn't fit. But what does that mean? You hang the door anyway? No, you go get a new door. The, it, it, just because something doesn't work out the way you think doesn't mean you just scrap the whole idea and walk away from it. No, you pick your pants on and figure it out and say, I'm not going to stop until I get it figured out. And you do what is necessary to regroup and go at it again. That means when someone who knows more than you do and has more than what you has is asking you to go through something and you going through it and all of a sudden you stop. What's that mean? You can't do it on your own. It didn't work out the way you thought it was going to. That's okay. You invite Jesus to come back in and say, I need you to come and intervene in my life at this place. Sometimes you start spraying some paint and things go well. 
And sometimes you realize there's a blemish. And what do you have to do? Just take a step back. Let those edges be sanded off. Those guys who came in to fix our house, he didn't take off all of our trim. He came and just sanded off everything that I messed up. And then once he got it sanded off, what did he go do? He was able to paint it again. There's things in your life that you got to get sanded off. You're going, you're going, you're going, you're going. Everything's going great. Then whammo, run into a brick wall, sand it off. Because he can still paint you. Don't give up in the process. Because the outcome is beautiful trim that your kids will knock out all over again. But still, (laughs) you get the message. (laughs) Some of us, Some of us need a lot of work. Some of us don't need very much. Some of you need a lot of work in certain areas. You may have 15 areas in your life and 14 of them are amazing, but the 15th one just needs a little sanding. Don't get overwhelmed by the work. Just take it one board at a time. (laughs) The fourth and final stage of growth that we have to go through number four allow God to seal me that's what this is this is sealer anybody ever use sealer you can you can put this on the painted product and if you get water on it it won't do anything I might mess up this thought. I just had a thought. So if, it's, if this is a dead end, just I'll bail off. No big deal. What, what makes wood grow? Water. What ruins this board? The very thing that gave it life is the very thing that can kill it. I got nowhere to go with that. It's not how I wanted to go. I thought it was going to be better than that. Man, that was a good thought. I'll I'll expound on that one later. Something will come on that one. Okay. If you don't get yourself sealed properly, things that you thought were going to give you life are the things that take you out. There it is. There are things that we go through. We say, God, I want you to seal this area in my life. And we give it to God. We come to church. I surrender all. And you surrender it all. And you go out on Monday. And the sealant that you just put on your life gives out. Because you went back to the lifestyle that was before you were sealed. And the very thing that caused you to get there was the very thing that took you out. And you keep going back to that thing. And it keeps taking you out. What is, what, what is stealing? What is that representation in your life? Your character. You can't allow your character to take you to a place where the presence of God can't keep you. There's something in that. You, you, in, in your outline, you sacrifice your calling when your character is not like Christ. 
If you want to become all that God has for you, you have to daily pick up your cross and walk with Jesus in mind. If you're going to have the best version of yourself this year, you've got to be made new. (laughs) This is a process that we all go through. You're not going through it by yourself. You're not going through it alone. You're not the only one having to go through it. But you have to acknowledge that we are going through it. My goal for you this morning is for you to come to a place where you say, God, I want to be one step closer to you. As mom comes to the piano, I didn't tell her I was going to do this. Do you know that song, I Surrender All? Kern? All right. You grab that microphone, you come up here too. Like, Sorry, I didn't tell him he was going to like do this. Yeah, I just grabbed the whole thing. <laughs> there, I, I mentioned at the beginning that I, I was good at demo. We do a lot of demo. I'm good at that. But when it comes to building back, I've got to call on someone. You want to mute that mic so she can raise it up, and then, and then you can pull it up. If, there we go. Then you can unmute it. I've got to call on someone who is better than I am to fix something that I can't fix, that I caused to begin with. So this morning, I'm going to ask that you all stand to your feet. You can turn the lights down. There are some things in our lives that we need to be made new. And I'm going to ask that as Kern sings this song, I don't want you to sing I want you to examine your life and say, what areas of my life do I need to be made new? If I'm going to have the best version of myself this year, I've got to make some things new on the inside of me because I've got to have more of Jesus in my life. And to have more of Jesus in my life, I've got to be in a place where he can manifest himself and where he can manifest himself as the holiness of who he is. So what areas of your life you need to be made new in. For tuning in today, for more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.